So in a way for me, um, how, how a company prepares for the data is a good barometer of their ambition. If they're very ambitious, usually they're set up the data structures already and, and implement it into the DNA of the company early on. Mm -hmm. So maybe it doesn't have an impact today, but it'll have a big impact tomorrow. Project A Podcast. So hi, everybody, and welcome to our new episode of the Project A Podcast. Today, I am here with Selim Nowitzki. Uh, he's working in business intelligence at Project A. I am Bob Hart, communications manager at Project A. And today, today we're going to talk about what is business intelligence, so BI, and when do you need it in business. Hi, Selim. Hi, Bob. Would you like to probably introduce yourself a bit, who you are, what brought you to Project A, and what brought you to business intelligence? Sure. Uh, my name is Salim, and I've been in business intelligence for several years now. Mm -hmm. I'm with Project A for the last year. Before that, I worked in one of the ventures. And uh, I must say that what attracted me about Project A was uh, just to work with really good professionals. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that because you work with so many different companies in the portfolio, you get a lot of exposure to different business models and challenging problems. Mm -hmm. Sounds uh, interesting. So now business intelligence sounds a bit fancy and sophisticated, mm, but I think that many people not really have a concrete idea about what it is. So probably you might just tell us what is BI. Sure. I'm not surprised that people are lost in a way because it's a super wide field. Um, in the more general description, uh, I would say that we work in operationalizing the data. So we collect ever more data, but until you know how to use it and use it well to impact your decisions and your business, it's useless. And we basically help in that process. And it means it entails a lot of things, but that would be the basic premise of my job. Okay. Um, now that I'm like, I really have no idea about what your everyday looks like. Mm, when I see you sitting there and being super focused on your screen, I really don't want to bother you <laughs> at all. But how does it, how does the average day look like? And I don't mean the coffee that we have together or the, the table tennis that we play. Um, <laughs> but uh, your work day, what, what, what does it look like? So funnily enough, it's, it's mostly not about sitting in front of a screen. It's a very face-to-face -face role, I would say, because you have to understand very deeply your stakeholders and the business people that you work with. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, what you're trying to do is, is to help them in their decision-making process and help them do their job better. Uh, so we, are, we can think of business intelligence as a supporting role for many different departments mm -hmm. uh, on one hand, as well as a driver of change on the other. Um, in a normal process, when we start working with someone, we try to recognize, or together with them, recognize the business priorities. And afterwards, uh, try to understand what are the areas of impact. So this would usually work in a way where we take on a problem, we try to break it down to the smallest drivers, mm -hmm. and bring transparency to how are we doing on each of these dimensions or trying to recognize where could we have some impact and try to address it with usually a project of some sorts. Okay, earlier we, uh, we talked about um, 
good questions and bad questions that a founder would have to you. Can you can you give an example? What is a good question or what is a bad question? Or probably just let me try to. Um, I think I think I know. I think there's no such thing as a bad question in a way because mm -hmm. it's a starting point to understand the problem better. Mm -hmm. So even a bad question can be turned out into a good one. Um, that's what I like to think at least. Mm -hmm. uh, because in a way, it's, it's a process of, of going back and forth to get a better understanding of each other. And once you get there, you'll be able to break it down to the drivers of business that you need in order to help them. Okay, then I have a question. I hope it's a good one. <laughs> Let's see. But uh, let me ask the question because I'm uh, I currently build up a service with uh, Anna Goita, our senior venture developer at Project A, and so that brings me to my question: How successful is my brand? Wow, this is a difficult one. You wanted to start with. Um, well, brand is quite intangible, right? So you'd have to try to break it down. Mm -hmm. So, what does what does an outcome of a successful brand look like? Maybe it would be a follow-up question that I would ask. Mm -hmm. And out of there, we would try to, you know, maybe break it down to different components of brand. You could have, I don't know, employer brand and your consumer brand and... And many touch points. Many touch points. Like, I, don't, I don't really know uh, that well. And then you would try to find a way of, of measuring each of these smaller okay. things. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's so so this is a starting point you get a question from from a venture and you start discussing about it, start finding breaking it down to to more tangible ones and then you measure it and then you bring it back together in a what into a KPI for example or into a dashboard to bring transparency on a given problem. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that we do, right? Okay. So bringing transparency on a specific issue mm -hmm. uh, by a way of reporting on it. Okay, so this whole thing for me sounds like a lot of effort. Um, and I'm asking myself, if I would be a founder of a startup, could I afford this? And I think affording things or being able to afford things or not is more like a priority setting. Like, is it my priority or is it not? And would you say it is a priority for a startup to think of business intelligence or to invest in business intelligence? And what kind of benefit would it have mm -hmm. for a startup? I think it's a really, really good question. But I would like to start with zooming out a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So let's let's take the world as an example. And we can, I think we can all agree that there is ever more data. And we create it almost with everything that you have a contact with nowadays. And in a way, it is becoming the main source of a com competitive advantage. Uh -huh. So you can go quite far with a well-tuned uh, gut feeling or, or with luck. I love gut feeling. That's gut feeling thing. is That's great. World. It's great and, and can go far with it, mm -hmm. right? But in order to have continuous improvement, you have to have methodology, you have to have mm -hmm. measurement, because otherwise you, you hit a point where you can't improve more. Mm -hmm. And I think a good proof of that is also the digital readers that we have in our world today. They're almost impossible to dethrone because of the big throws of data that they possess and how well they understand it, how well they use it to their advantage over their competitors. So their understanding of their consumers mm -hmm. is just way better than we ever imagined. And if you do not, as a founder, set up the right framework of, for that ahead of time, 
it means that you will not able be you you might be passed by by a competitor who just does it better. Mm-hmm. So in a way, for me, um, how how a company prepares for the data is a good barometer of their ambition. If they're very ambitious, usually they're set up the data structures already and and implement it into the DNA of the company early on. Mm-hmm. So maybe it doesn't have an impact today, but it'll have a big impact tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow, next year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right? Brings me brings me to the next question. When should when should a startup or when is a perfect time for start doing this? As I understood it, it's never too early to start collecting the data, right? It's never too early to start. Mm-hmm. And and it's starting might mean different things for different companies. Mm-hmm. One thing is collecting the data, yes. So you have to try to ensure the high quality of data collection from the early on because that will the results of that will yield some time after once you collected enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, one thing. The other thing is that you want to you want to start lean as well. You don't have to have a dedicated person from day one. It can be just someone that methodologically looks into the data in order to take decisions. And this is already, I think, a first step in creating BI in the mindset of the company uh, as well as, as a department by itself. Okay. Um. Okay, that is a good background for me, but it's still not really tangible, the whole thing. Maybe you have a project in mind that was a nice project you liked or you really didn't like because it was so challenging that you couldn't, no, you you could. I like challenges. (laughs) (laughs) No, but do you have a favorite or kind of project that you remember well on and could tell more in depth about? Sure, I think I have one in mind that was just working last week on. Um, and I think it's a good example of BI, how most people understand it. Um, so one of our ventures had a problem of transparency on the data um, of their sales funnel. Mm-hmm. And they had already a well-modeled data warehouse and a lot of data was collected there automatically. But in a way, there was a gap between having the information and using the information. So this is where we also come in. We, we came in and, and tried to understand the problems first, right? So we, we, we tried to bro- break down the different decisions that, that these sales directors could take. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to understand the drivers of each of these decisions. And based on that, uh, these many small components, we tried to map them to different KPIs and dimensions and, and bring it back together into a very uh, impactful dashboard, a, a place where you could with few looks and few moments, you could understand how your business is doing mm-hmm. and what is the impact on the top line. So let's say I want to understand why are we closing less deals in the last month? And this could be because of many different factors. So we have to bring transparency to to, to all of them in a structured way mm-hmm. so you could have one place to look into to understand your business. And this kind of structured way, the dashboard that you're talking about, so from my understanding, it's uh, it's basically a what a dashboard How does would, it look be, like? would be oh, it looks great <laughs> it just looks great bob okay got it you love data <laughs> no is it is it more like uh, like an overview of the data or is it visualized or in a nice way like i think the data studio uh, so we, we used it for that case, we used Tableau, um, but it's just a tool. Okay. You can use any tool in a way. Um, I mean, good, good dashboards usually are, are visualizations that even a not very data-driven person can use mm-hmm. to, to make decisions because things look obvious. And, mm-hmm. and I think this is uh, the, 
the translator's uh, role in an hour in the business intelligence job, uh, which you want to translate data into insight that's easy to consume mm-hmm. by people. So you're a translator, basically. I'd say so, yes. Okay, that's nice. That's a nice uh, analogy. Um, there's another word you just uh, were talking about. Uh, it was data warehouse. I've heard a lot of these houses, um, and let's say I have no idea what it is. What is a data warehouse? Uh, sure. So a data warehouse is a house where we store uh, all of our little datas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds absurd, but in a way, it's what it is. Uh, so I would, I think in short, I would say that it is a single point of truth. Mm-hmm. So in the organizations, we have this problem where many people look at different sources of information. So as an example, you, like have, sales. you have a sales manager looking into his sales tool. It can be a pipe drive, Salesforce, something like that. You have a marketing manager looking into his Facebook dashboard, another one looking at his Google dashboard, and another person looking somewhere completely else. Right. So if we add all those data points together, they never add up mm-hmm. in a way. So the problem that this creates is that everyone's talking about data, but they talk about slightly different data. And you might get the case that you have the impression of being data driven, but you always talk about different things and you might never agree. So this creating the single point of truth, uh, which is central, to, into which everyone can look into and agree on things is so crucial for creating a good data culture in the company from the get-go. Okay, so um, what you just said is like there's different departments looking into different data sources like Facebook and Pipedrive. So is it right that you can take the data out of all these sources and bring it into one beautifully designed dashboard? Yes, yes. So this would be basically the process of, of creating this would be, we can go through this like an ETL, right? We, first we extract the information, then we load it mm-hmm. into, into one place, mm-hmm. and then we transform it in a way that it makes sense mm-hmm. for everyone. So there is where the data modeling is happen, happening. Okay. And once we model the data, it's, this is kind of the, the single point of truth. And based on this model data, we'll build out reports mm-hmm. that, that are precise, that are uh, that have a hundred percent coverage in the way that's a wrong word for it <laughs> but um you create a, a place where you have dependable information mm-hmm. um where the number of orders for the salesperson equals to the number of orders for the marketing person in two different places in a way okay. that, that this number is always is based on out of the same source of information mm-hmm. and how is these sources being updated so that's that's basically also part of the ETL, okay. where where it's fully automated. It should reload every time. Mm-hmm. You should have good monitoring of it, and when something breaks, you know. Okay, okay. So um, imagine I'm a founder of a startup. Um, what are the first steps? Can I do something on my own before I approach anyone professional? What is how what is the challenges when I want to start with BI? Mm, just try to consult me as a sure, founder. Sure. Um, so I think, um, first of all, at the beginning, uh, it's hard to be data-driven because you don't have the data. Mm-hmm. So the gut feeling for that stage is good. Mm-hmm. Like it's really good and it can take it for a long way until some point, right? Once you can be more data-driven, I would really advise to do so. Um, 
but dealing with it. I think I've seen many different problems that organizations started implementing heavy infrastructure projects that take a long time and don't give much of uh, insight. Mm -hmm. So I think it's first about being lean, trying to deliver insights and build things that are matching to the needs of the organization. Um, but I think when you enter a point where you are hindered by lack of insight, it means that you're too late. Okay. So yeah. you have to foresee this problem coming mm -hmm. before you actually get there. So, and, and why it's important to foresee it is that actually hiring a good business intelligence person, it takes time. Like okay. the process itself takes a couple of weeks. Uh, the notice periods are usually three months in mm -hmm. business intelligence. And before they, they are onboarded and they understand your, your business and your data and your problems, it's six months later mm -hmm. and only now they're having impact. Okay. So I'd say a few things to keep in mind are, are to try to foresee things before they arrive on your plate. Mm -hmm. um, in general. In general. As a founder. Yeah. Yes, as a founder. Uh, but in data, you just have to have that timeline in mind. Okay. And so what are you expecting when anyone approaches you that he has a concrete problem or th that they bring any questions or is it more like um, um, you give them a general consulting? How does it usually look like when a founder or when a venture comes to you, approaches you and asks you, hey, can you support us? Mm -hmm. is, there, is there a question which is the beginning? So usually, yes, I think that's right. There is a question that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's not always a as I mentioned good before, one. a good question, but we can always break it down to wow. a place where, where we can we know how we can help. Okay. Uh, in general, if you want to start like a bigger project, I would say, um, we would start with the data audit. Mm -hmm. And data audit usually consists of really understanding mm -hmm. uh, what's happening in the business from the data perspective, in terms of data collection, is it done right, in terms of, um, of, of the business definitions, what are the, the business questions, And only then we can start kind of building up recommendations and a plan uh, how we can have impact, positive impact in that organization. Mm -hmm. So this is, and, and I think for every bigger project, I would usually recommend to go through that because suddenly you have good documentation, a person that's well onboarded and knows what has to be done. And if you have to hire a specialist following, that person's already kick-started with, mm -hmm. with a nice prepped package of, of things. Okay, nice. Earlier this day, when we had a coffee in the morning, um, you talked. You told me about the uh, TA project that you did, and I found it pretty interesting that, like, a, a, a tech topic like BI can affect uh, uh, a department like talent acquisition. Um, probably you can give us an insight of what you did for this TA project because so it sounds very interesting for me. I don't want to take credit for the TA project <laughs> at all because it was not really me <laughs> doing it, but but it was one of the projects from the intersection of business intelligence and talent acquisition. Um, the, the nice thing there is that it's a not very obvious department, right? Like mm -hmm. that BI would not usually work with. Like what we know is BI works with marketing. Mm -hmm maybe finance, done. Whereas I, I really think that we can impact almost any department in the company. Okay. And um, in this case, uh, I think what was the premise of the entire project was that um, talent acquisition in, this, in a certain way is, is like sales on one hand and mm -hmm. like marketing on the other. Mm -hmm. Now, how, how do we get there? Um, 
Sales, because if you think about it, Canada's that enter a funnel, it's almost like a sales funnel. Mm -hmm. You can optimize yeah. this funnel. You want to visualize which part is performing well, which one is not. How can you optimize the processes? What are your bottlenecks? So this is, do you need another sales agent, <laughs> aka talent acquisition manager? This is one side. And the second part, which is marketing. So how do you effectively get people into the pipeline? Mm -hmm. And should it mean that I should spend more on LinkedIn ads or should I go to an, uh, invest and go to another event, right? So in a way we can even do budgeting as in marketing for acquisitions of talent as well as, or prospects. Or content. content. Uh, or content. And, and, and this all can be in a way optimized mm -hmm. uh, as any other business department. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So um, thank you very much, Sidim. I really got a better overview of what BI is and I am going to uh, bother you the next time when you pretend to be focused on your desk. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably you can give uh, our listeners a bit of an overview of what we talked about, some takeaways, um, what we learned today as kind of a summary. So, Okay, yeah. okay, sure. Um, let me think. Mm -hmm. So I'd say one that's really important to start with, it's never too early. Okay. And it's never too early uh, for two things. One thing is to start collecting high quality data. So mm -hmm. collecting it correctly and implementing correct tracking, all that. Um, also that uh, it's important to be lean. I think that's number two. Uh, and lean and that you also always want to deliver insight. You mm -hmm. always want to impact the organization continuously. Um, and at the same time, uh, keep in mind that infrastructure is just a means to an end to achieve that insight, to be data-driven. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is that there's more data than there ever was, so you have to use this lever. It's, it's your competitive advantage, and if you don't, you'll fall behind. Yeah. And the organizations that want to be, be really winning and, and driving you know, a specific vertical, they have to be very data driven mm -hmm. from the get go. Um, and I think that the last one, which I would mention is culture. So the data topic always starts and ends with culture. So, How do you mean that? sorry? How do you mean that? Um, I think that at the beginning, it's about reducing people's fear to interact with data. Uh -huh. There's many people that don't like data. I am one of these. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is that it actually is supposed to help you do your job right. It's supposed to give you guidance. I, I know, totally. And I, when I used, sorry for interrupting, <laughs> when I started to work for Project A, I really came in touch with data the first time. And I, not right away, like right away, fell in love with it. But I really see an impact on the communications, on the content that we distribute on our, in each of the channels. The data gives us an insight. It makes it everything more transparent. And then you can see, you can measure different topics and contents and see, okay, this worked good. So we, f we focus on this and don't invest money on the other topics. So it really helps you to increase productivity, to be more efficient, to increase transparency. Um, I have to say, I fell in love with data at Project A. That's wow, that's, that's good to hear, <laughs> yeah. really. Um, yeah, so... It's, I think it's about reducing fear, and there are a few questions that you can always ask as a founder, as a manager, or yourself, even yourself, uh, which is, how do I measure this? Where, where does this data supposed to come from? 
Um, and I think if you if you always start with these two questions, this can get you a really really long way already. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Selim. Um, You're welcome. Was uh, super nice, super interesting, and I hope everybody else uh, learned as uh, much as I did today. Like af out of my little um, communications box, communications <laughs> box. Um, a bit more than Data Studio, what you do, but uh, super interesting, super nice. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, happy to contribute, and uh, let me know in case of any data or non-data related questions. I will. Thanks, Salim. Cheers. Bye -bye. <laughs>